Hey mama, my name's Diana Ballard and welcome to the Mom Training Podcast. Prior to becoming a mom, I realized that if I wanted to continue living a life of passion, adventure, and fulfillment, I needed to learn from people who lived that way while having a family. In 2012, I started interviewing any mom that would talk to me. After hundreds of interviews, I found a pattern that the moms who struggled less all had similar foundational skill sets, mindsets, and habits. I started Mom Training, our live workshops, and the Mom Training podcast to continue my research process in a way that included other moms and families. My goal is to help other moms increase their joy, love, and fulfillment by creating an environment where we can learn and thrive together. Come learn the skill sets and strategies for a happy home, peaceful relationships, inspiration to be your best self, and more than enough time to do what you love while enjoying your family. Welcome to the Mom Training Community, where we learn, cry, and laugh together as we navigate motherhood. I'm Diana, and I'm so happy that you're here with me. Hey, ladies. Welcome to the Mom Training Podcast. Today, we're going to talk to Laura Hernandez about one of my favorite topics. And if you've listened to the podcast, you absolutely know that routines, organization, systems, strategy is all just like... Mm, It's so yummy. It's tasty. This is like, you want your life to be good. You got to just dive into these systems and routines and, and just be able to see how organizing yourself actually can give you immense amounts of freedom to do everything that you've wanted. You know, you're organized in your finances. You're going to have money to do all those fun things. You're organized with your time. You're not going to be worn out. You're going to be able to spend that time with the people that you love. You're organized with your systems and getting your family to help out with things and delegate things to to each other like you're going to enjoy your life, right? So ladies, if you haven't jumped on that bandwagon of getting yourself organized and having that routine, jumping on the strategy, I'm telling you right now, you're missing out. So we are going to talk about how we can teach our kids systems that lead to family teamwork. Now, honestly, that is one of the best things as your kids are growing is to teach them how to be a team because it takes so much pressure off of the mom. So Laura, welcome to the podcast today. And we are so excited to have this conversation about systems with our kids. Yeah, I'm so excited too. I get so excited about talking about systems. So Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about you and um, how many kids you have and just a little bit about your own life? Yeah. So my husband and I live in the Dallas area and we have 10 kiddos and three are adopted through foster care and have special needs. And we have a a couple other fun neurodivergence in there as well. Um, So we kind of have a diverse household, you know, and I own a business called mama systems. And it's so fun because I get to help moms put systems in place so that they can live more peaceful and productive lives and really get to do things that they want to do. Like all the things you're talking about, about bringing freedom with those systems. Like I'm like, yes, that's it. It's so amazing to see like how, what a lot of people will think of as tying you down and that structure is like burdensome, how much it really frees you up and how much life you can get from it. Um, so our story is that we went from four kids to eight kids within a six month period, um, along with a cross country move. And, uh, we had our fifth biological and then moved back to Texas from Seattle, 
um, to adopt a sibling number three. And during that time, I was just living in survival mode and it was very chaotic. And we had five little people, four and under, all in diapers. And my goal was just to get them in bed, (laughs) just to make it to bedtime, you know, just in their cribs and safe. And I would give myself pep talks to just make it to bedtime, just make it to bedtime. Um, I mean, I just needed to keep them alive. That was really what it came down to. Right. And so I realized I can't live this way. Like nobody can live that way. And so how can we put things in place in our home? And I started looking around at different things and nobody had anything for our large little family that um, had all these different caveats to it that nobody else really had. And so I finally just said, you know what, we got to figure this out ourselves. And um, that process that I walked through is the same process I get to walk moms through now. And I get to see the same fruit that I saw in our lives where it went from really chaotic and overwhelming to calm and orderly and clean and peaceful. Like it just, the things that came from systems have, have radically changed me. And so now I get to share this with others and it's so fun. That's awesome. Now I want to ask you a question real quick. What, what made you want to adopt more children and like have foster care and adopt, you know, adopt children. Tell me a little bit about why you wanted to do that. Yeah. So I've wanted to adopt ever since I was little. Um, I remember reading an article about just some civil war going on, um, in the Congo and it kind of broke my heart and just realized that there's families out there, kids out there who don't have families and, um, just started ruminating on that wanting to do something about that. And so it's kind of a deal breaker my husband and I were dating, like, Hey, if you don't want to adopt them, we're done here. Right. So, um, he obviously came on board, but after we got married, we got pregnant three times and realized that that happens sometimes. <laughs> and so, um, he said, you know what, if we're going to have, if we were, if we want to adopt, we need to do that now, because otherwise I don't know if we can do another kid, like four, maybe my max. And I don't think we can do any more than that. So we went to an adoption class at our church and they talked about all the different kinds of adoption. And I really wanted to adopt from Africa and he wanted to adopt from China. And they said, don't move forward until you're on the same page. And so we, you know, sat through the whole class and some of our dear friends now got up on the foster care panel and we're talking about foster care. And both of us looked at each other and said, oh crap, because neither of us wanted to do foster care. Like who wants their heart ripped out of their chest a hundred times. Right. And so we just knew in that moment, that's what we're supposed to do. And uh, shortly after that, we got licensed and Andrew came into our care. And he came in three days old to our house and then left us at eight months. And so that was obviously heartbreaking. It was like, we lost our child. And um, I know that the goal with foster care is reunification, but I also know that that connection is still so important there. And so it was just like I had connected with my own child and then was taken away. And so, um, all this to say, fast forward, we moved up to Seattle for a couple of years and we had two more kids. He went back to his mom. She had two more kids. And so when it came, when they came back into care, um, we were asked if we would like to adopt them really long story, really short. And, but it was, we weren't just adopting him. We were adopting his siblings as well. So. Wow. That's amazing. Well, the, the main thing that I wanted to point out with that was like, you had a dream of adopting and bringing more children into your home. And it took a certain amount of skill sets for you to make that dream possible for you. Like when you were in that moment of survival mode with having all those little kids, 
Like, and you're like, I can't, I can't live like this. I, that's the main thing, like with this, with this podcast, with mom training and everything is that if we have a dream as moms, it's automatically going to take a higher level of skill or strategy or, you know, systems or something to help support you because that is what's going to make your dream come true. So like thinking that you're just going to be able to stay the same and not have to learn or not have to stretch yourself to become more like it's not going to be possible to live your dream. So would you say now that with having 10 kids, you feel like you have things pretty locked down, that you're in peace, you enjoy your life and you've created the life that you want because of the systems that you've created? Yeah, absolutely. Like without a doubt. And, and please don't hear me say that my children are perfect and they're floating around like angels doing their tasks. And, you know, we have classical music playing all the time. Cause that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> um, I things still happen. Kids yes. get in fights, whatever. Yep. All those things happen, but we have plans in place to help bring things back to center, you know, to be able to wind down the house at the end of the day, to wake up to a peaceful home in the morning. And so this isn't like a, a perfect magic pill, but right. We have those things in place where we can, if we fall off the wagon, we can jump back on, you know? But what I'm saying is you don't feel like you're struggling like you were Absolutely. back in those days in survival mode. No, not at all. Because good point. To be realistic, you're not going to, every nothing is going to be peachy all the time, right? Yeah. But it definitely increases your joy and your peace to be able to have systems that you put in place and you know, actually learning the skills you need to support your dream, which yours was adopting children. And I absolutely love that. So let's jump into how we can teach our kids systems that lead to family teamwork. So tell us about that. This is like my favorite topic because I have found so much freedom and joy in like teaching my kids how to do things. You know, all, all of our goals are to raise children that can not be children anymore, but actually be adults and go out in the world and be productive members of society. Um, for whatever that looks like for them, right? Like if they're going to go off and be doctors or lawyers, which would be so wonderful because then they would obviously take care of me in my old age. Or <laughs> if it's like, hey, they're going to be bagging groceries because I have a few that are more on that level of like, you know what? That may be a really successful life for him. And that's okay. So our goal is to teach them how to work hard and how to love others and how to love each other well. So with that in mind, I kind of plan out very clear expectations of what I want from them. So thinking about how our household runs and kind of taking this big vision of what I want our home to feel like when we walk in, um, I don't want it to be chaotic. I don't want there to be stuff everywhere. Like all these little pieces that are things that I want for our home and for our family. We've kind of broken those down into little goals. And so one of them is teaching our kids responsibility. And another one is, there's many of them, but another one is teamwork. And I think that teamwork is so important, like, as you mentioned, that it's so helpful for mama, but the beauty of teaching our kids teamwork in our home, I mean, they can be hard people to love each other, right? Like they're humans. So they're just, it can be difficult to love each other, but for the rest of their life, they're going to be living with hard people, you know, and for the rest of their life, they're going to be working with hard people. They're going to have to accomplish tasks and they're going to have to do things and succeed regardless of the people around them. And so what a great time to teach them that, Hey, you're not always going to get along with everybody, but we can still figure this out. We can still work together as a team and get the job done. So one of the ways that we've done this is really 
by taking our big vision of like what I want the home to be like in the morning, the evening, when we wake up in the morning, when we go to bed at night. And a lot of that looks like chores for our kids and setting really clear expectations. So for, for our people in the morning, they all have their roommate responsibilities. And we call it that because I want them to go off and be good roommates to whoever they're going to be roommates with, right? So if it's a bunch of guys in college or if it's a wife one day or whatever it is, like I want them to be good roommates. I want them to know how to do their dishes. I want them to pick up after themselves, put their dirty clothes in the dirty clothes, not leave their socks everywhere, things like that, that are just very basic. You're taking care of your stuff and your things. Hygiene, teeth, washing your face, things that boys need a little extra help and training on doing because it does not come naturally to them. We have a lot of boys in our house. So it's a, it's a lot of training in that area. Um, so yeah, so just setting those really clear expectations of what I expect of them in the morning. And then in the evening, kind of the same, same idea, setting those really clear expectations. So for us, our evening routine starts at five o'clock and we have an alarm go off at five o'clock and um, not necessarily because they will hop up and do what they're supposed to do right when the alarm goes off and we kind of run our house like a, a drill sergeant. Sadly, that's not how it works, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it helps me. It reminds me to get up and go to the kitchen and start making dinner. And then I can say, Hey guys, five o'clock jobs. And everybody hops up and does what they're supposed to do. Everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing. So when I'm in the kitchen and I'm cooking and I look around it's not a big mess where everybody's in there watching TV and I'm doing all the work and thinking, oh, I have to do this and this and this, but we've delegated things out in a way where somebody's setting the table, somebody's getting drinks. Everybody is in charge of taking care. We kind of, let me give you this. We set up our afternoon routine and our afternoon jobs in with three categories. One is that they have to get ready for the next day. So if that's laying out clothes or making their lunches um, for our buddies that have socks, and shoes that are always hard to find. They have to find those and put them by the front door um, and glasses and all the little things that, you know, it's no fun to be running around in the morning looking for all by the front door, all paper signed, lunches made, all of that. Then everybody has a job for dinner. And so that could be, you know, our three-year-old puts the forks on the table and he gets so excited about putting the forks on the table. Cute. And so even your little buddies can help bring peace to your home and do teamwork. Like it's just, a matter of building that culture in your family. Um, and then finally, everybody has a zone. And so everybody has a different area of the house that they're in charge of cleaning up. And again, we're real specific with what we want from them. Because I think if you tell a kid, go clean up the playroom, you know how that's going to go. Like you're going to go in the playroom two minutes later and be like, yeah, it's not, it's not clean. You didn't do anything. And no, well, I picked up the toy. No, you didn't. There's stuff everywhere, right? But if we can say, hey, your job is to go into the playroom and pick up the baby dolls and the books. And that's what I want you to take care of. And so then I can go in there and see like, okay, you did the baby dolls and books. Great job. And it could still look like a bomb went off, but they did what they were supposed to do. And then we can delegate out something else to another kid. Um, so I think just having those morning and evening routines in place in our home with those clear expectations is such a great way to just create that rhythm and help train them in just daily living skills, you know? and picking up after themselves and taking care of themselves and helping our whole family and our whole team work together um, and function well. Do you call yourself a team? I do, well, I'll say like team meeting or. Okay. I, I'll really say like, hey team, come here. Like, right. I don't do that, but we'll have, we'll have quote unquote team meetings. 
Okay. No, I like that. I, I think that that is something that kids can probably understand a little bit better, especially if they've played sports in school or done anything like that. Like a team is, you know, we work together, we grow together, we win together, we lose together. So how can we work together to, you know, create a good environment? I love that. So I wanted to ask you, like, I absolutely love that. That's so cool about how you have the alarm go off. Um, not only does that make your job easier because you're not having to like yell and remind like everybody knows like when this goes off, this is what I need to do. So I think that's awesome setting that up. Um, you know, and that's why some people have chore charts and different things. Like, you know, that this is your expectation and responsibility for the day. So please get it done. Right. And then, uh, you know, and that they can, can go off. Now I want to talk about the follow through and the follow up of doing those areas. So you said like, you know, you'd go through and see like what, if the kid had accomplished, you know, picking up the toys or whatever, tell me about that process. Do you have to go through each area every day and check it? Or is it like, as the kid is learning, like their new area, like making sure that they get it done they know what the expectation is, or like, I, I'd love to hear your process of that. Like, so you're making dinner and then they're doing their chores and then what happens? Yes. And then we sit down and eat dinner and I don't, <laughs> I don't normally um, go around and, and check everybody's okay. simply because we've been doing them for so long and yeah. I don't change up chores a lot because that makes more work for me. Um, the moment I switch up things, I'm like, I don't remember what I, I don't, what's, what's my five o'clock job. I, I don't know. Hold on. Let me think. Like it just takes so much energy on my part, right. on their part, when people are arguing. So I just like to keep things as simple as possible um, and not get too creative with it. So like my son, Sam, if I were to walk through the living room right now and pillows and blankets would be on the floor, I would know exactly who to say, Hey, you need to come here and do your job. Like you didn't do your job because that's his job. So it's more that we realize very quickly. Most of the jobs are things that are out in the open. And so it's not like, go, please go dust the fans in the back room. Like it's, we're out here living this life out here. And there are things that I can see have not been done and need to be done. So it's not just the way our house is set up. It's a very open, open floor plan. And so I can see very clearly that people have not done their jobs or, um, you know, that drinks aren't on the table when we could sit down to eat and there was like, I don't have a drink. It's like, Andrew did not do his job. So we don't get drinks today. And so then I was like, Oh, okay, I'll do it. And he'll get up and go get his drinks. Interesting. No. And I really like the idea that you don't switch them up because I've been switching them each month and it really like the first week or two, even of that month is kind of a pain in the butt enforcing this. This is your new job. Like, I know you don't want to put the clean dishes away, but it's your month to do this. You you're feeding the dogs this month, you know? <laughs> um, so I, I'm going to think about that, about how to make that simpler because um, you know, what if they did just keep the same job? And the reason why I had switched them around was so that they could learn different skill sets, right? So they could have different experiences but so like, tell, tell me your thought on that. Like, do you feel like they, you know, still get to experience and do other things? You know, like I just, I'm trying to get them all trained up to like, be able to be self-sufficient. Like you said, like be good roommates. Okay. Like you put these dishes away, you put these dishes in the dishwasher. This is how you put them in the dishwasher. This is how you scrub the toilet. This is how you wipe this thing down. Right. So I don't know. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, I, I was told once 
by like a mom at some mom group. And she said the same thing of like, well, I want them to know all these skills. I want them. And I kind of took that in for a while and thought, okay, this is what I need to be doing. But what I learned just about me and about my kids is that if I don't have it set, there's a fumbling process and a thought process, and then I get distracted and then it just doesn't happen. Mm, So that's, that's just me knowing myself and knowing that if a kid comes up and says, what am I supposed to be doing? We, we also have chore charts and stuff. And so I can say, go get your chore chart, like, oh, but then they wander off and I, I'm cooking. I mean, like, there's, there's just so much happening in our house at any moment in time. Right. So um, that is just one less thing I have to be worried about. Yeah. you know, And one less thing that I have to make decisions on. I love the idea of training our kids in like every aspect of things. We have something in our house called the ticket system. Um, it's so great because it lessens entitlement. It We have it set up where our kids have to come and ask us for jobs. And so they'll come and say, hey, what can I do? And I'll say, well, hey, I need you to go clean the bathrooms. Or they'll ask to go clean the toilets, right? Like they enjoy doing things because they get tickets for it. And with their tickets, they can redeem time on the Xbox. So it lessens that entitlement piece to think that I get Xbox whenever I want. Like this is just, this is what I get because I'm a kid, right? I really really, really would love for entitlement to lessen in our home and for it to lessen in homes all across America. I think that would be amazing. And so if we can, um, if we can do that by having them work for things, which, you know, I, I hear feedback often about like letting kids be kids and letting them do what they're going to do and all those things. Right. But I think that that's not really how life works. Like you don't get to do what you want to do all the time. right? Right. You have to work hard before you can get things, like before you can go to the store and buy something that you want. And so, I think teaching those lessons and it teaches them like the value of money and um, the value of hard work. And my kids will work really hard together on a certain task. Like we live on land, and so they'll go out and haul brush for me and do all these things and like work together. They'll come up with systems themselves of like, okay, I'll bring the branches here, and then you put them on the fire and this sounds really safe that I'm saying it out loud. But... No, that's all good. <laughs> um, but it's so great to see them get creative and how they work together as a team too. So. No, oh, I, I love that. that. Well, and I, I just want to point out too, that like, I love that you have found a system that works great for you. And I think that's something that us as moms need to realize is like, there are so many different ways to run our family. And there's so many different ways to use our mental capacity and our energy. And I love that you save your mental capacity and your energy for things other than chores and cleaning. Like, right, like there's some that still goes into that, but just having your system in place and they do the same job every time. Awesome. That is an amazing way for you to save your mental capacity and your energy. So I just... Um, I just want to point out, like for the moms listening right now, that you're, you have unlimited possibilities of how you want to run your household in a way that brings you peace and joy and that, that everyone can function well as a team together. So thank you for sharing your system and how you do that. So I just, like, what blessings have you seen from teaching your kids um, systems and, and how to be organized and the things that they're doing. I think that I feel most blessed when 
a kid can tell that I feel overwhelmed and they'll come say, Hey mom, what can I do for you? Or they'll start cleaning the kitchen and just like taking that initiative. Um, They obviously know that my love language is acts of service. And so Mm -hmm. just seeing them kind of step up in that and, and helping with things without being asked has been, I mean, it's just blessed me so much to see that initiative taken. Wow. That's amazing. Well, I, um, uh, would you, would you mind sharing one more system that you might have in place? Like, tell us a little bit about like your morning routine. I'd love to hear like what that kind of looks like with having 10 kids. I know you set your stuff out the night before. So that's part of your system. That's part of your morning routine Mm -hmm. is making sure that everything for the next day is set up. So then, then what happens in the morning? What's your system with that? Yeah. So I, this is all about knowing yourself because every mama is different. So I'm not saying that anybody should, should grab onto this and do exactly what I'm saying. But I think sitting with yourself for a hot minute and thinking about what your ideal morning would be. And then what are the steps that need to happen to kind of make that happen? So for me, I love that quiet in the morning. I don't necessarily, I'm not a morning person. I don't like to get up really early, but I've learned that I need to do that to be able to function well and to be able to greet my people in a kind manner. Because if I'm woken up with kids climbing on me and then I'm like, oh gosh, we're late for the bus. And it's just, it's like hurried. I don't do well. And so same learned that about myself. And so I was starting out with just like 20 minutes of quiet time before kids get up. But as kind of my goals have increased and my desires have increased for the year, I've added five minutes here, five minutes here, kind of waking up a little earlier every time so that I can get done what I want to get done in the morning. And so my, my reading has added journaling. It's um, I've added writing a letter every morning and I've added actually reading a chapter in a book because typically I would just read like a devotional or something in the Bible. And so I think adding those extra things um, has been so rewarding and so great to see just like the one chapter in a book every day. My goal for the whole year was eight, eight books and I'm already on book 12. And so (laughs) I know, and eight may not seem like that much to a lot of people, but I don't think I've read that much since I've had kids like in the last 17 years, right? Like I just don't think it's happened because I haven't made it a priority. And so seeing that, oh my goodness, I can make things happen with this. Like these systems that I put in place and how I set up my morning and wow, it's amazing what can happen. And so all of that happens. And then I start waking kids up. And so we have three that get on the bus at 645. So they wake up at 630. And then some more that leave at seven. So it's just kind of a staggered waking people up and feeding people and um, getting medicines and getting everybody on the bus and taking them to school and all those things. So after everybody's gone, I will go on a walk and kind of finish my waking up process. And that's kind of my morning routine and the things that I've really feel like I want to put energy into, yeah. um, you know, in James clear books, how he talks about kind of creating this ideal person that you want to be. And then every act that you do, every habit that you build is like casting a vote for that kind of person you want to be. And so I may not be a morning person, but if I want to be a morning person, like an easy way to cast a vote for that is wake up a little earlier to do one more thing just to get there in the morning. So I love that. Thank you for sharing. And I think you also bring up a good point that when our nervous system is still and we have what we need, we are so much better at 
running a household <laughs> and being able to get everybody organized and well taken care of. So thank you for sharing your morning routine. I really appreciated that. So for a mama that maybe doesn't have a lot of systems and routines, um, specifically even with herself or her family, like what advice would you give her as we're closing out today? It's so many things I want to say. I'm trying to pick just one. <laughs> I think starting small and asking for help. I realize that's not something that we really touched on today, but I think that our number one struggle as mamas is um, the lack of vulnerability and asking for help from others. And that can be from a spouse or your kids or a friend. Um, I think we're just so often just so overwhelmed by living such reactionary lives that we don't even know what we're doing or like what we're accomplishing or what we want to accomplish. And so if we can slow down for a minute, ask for some help just to plan, just to kind of figure out what you want that to look like, to kind of daydream, to go off to a coffee shop and um, really kind of build out the life that you want to live. And then from there, kind of breaking it down to goals and to, and to small steps you can take to meet those goals. I love that. And that kind of ties in with your same thing of, you know, the person that you want to be like each step that you take is building towards that. So I love that. Uh, please tell our mamas where they can find you and connect with you. Yeah. My website is mamasystems.net and on Instagram and Facebook and everywhere else out there in the world is mama systems. Awesome. And we'll have those um, links in the show notes, ladies, if you want to click on that, you can go and um, connect with Laura. Um, thank you so much for sharing your, your tips and your ideas and how you run your family. So, um, thank you for your time and ladies, I hope you've learned something today and are able to take that one thing and apply it to your life to help make your life better. So thank you, Laura, so much. And, uh, ladies, we'll see you next Tuesday on the mom training podcast. Hey mama, thank you so much for hanging out with me and letting me be a part of your day. If you'd like to see how I apply some things that we talk about, tips, some mom humor, or just to connect deeper, follow me on Instagram at Diana Ballard Live. If this episode or any episode was helpful for you, please consider leaving me a review on Apple Podcasts. It's literally the lifeblood for a podcaster and it helps me so much. If you'd like to learn more about me or mom training and how we can help you implement more things you learn here on the mom training podcast to make life flow smoother, to be more fulfilled and create and protect what you love, head to dianaballard.com. There are free downloads, online programs, our mom training membership with our monthly workshops and other resources to help you create the life you want. Thanks for tuning in. Know I'm always rooting for you and believe in you. I am Diana Ballard, and this is the Mom Training Podcast.